Here we are, another Locked On NFL. Alongside me is the scout, Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock, taking you around the league here on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to this show and all of the programs on the Locked On Podcast Network, all your favorite teams covered on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We'd love a rate or review as well on Apple Podcasts. That always helps. And and thank you guys. We have jumped back into the top 100 on the iTunes chart, so that's really cool to see. And you can find me on Twitter at BDPeacock. And by the way, we'll be getting into a Twitter Tuesday program tomorrow. So tag me, tag Matt at BDPeacock. Matt is at WilliamsonNFL. We'll be taking questions. And Matt will shoot out a an official tweet about the Twitter Tuesday for all you folks out there to send in some questions that we will get to on tomorrow's show. But we've got a lot, Matt, on today's show. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about it. Great to talk to you again. We have a fun exercise we're going to do that we're going to steal from my old employees over at ESPN. We'll get to that here in a bit. Um, and yeah, Twitter Tuesday is back. I'll certainly be shooting some tweets out to get everyone on on board. But if you're listening to us before then, send them in fast, and we will uh, try to try to tag both of us, and we will you know stash them away for a great Twitter Tuesday session. Absolutely. Uh, One thing I do want to talk about here real quick before we get into the build a team NFL pick 10 exercise. It's any 10 players over the next three years to build your roster. And I think that's going to be a fun exercise that we're going to get into. But before that, there's actually football happening. Real football, what kind of real football? The Hall of Fame game yeah. happened uh, at the end of the week there, and so we are officially in exhibition season. The Broncos and Falcons were the first ones up, so it was a football game. Uh, hard to take much away from the first of five exhibitions for those two teams. To me, the biggest takeaway is obviously that there was football, and there will be NFL football games every week until mid-February. Yeah, and. To be very honest, I was excited about it as I always am. I was able to sort of watch, sort of not, because <laughs> it was on while I was broadcasting in Latrobe, PA, from Dino's Bar and Grill. And that was fun um, with a buddy of mine, Jerry Dulac. But the TVs were on around us. I was kind of watching and back and forth. And I've read up on some of the things that happened. But it's always a letdown, you know, right. like it's great to see <laughs> the rookies in their new jerseys and boy, the season's officially here, but wow, that game is generally a snoozer. Right. And specifically one rookie I'd like to talk about a little bit of a takeaway there, but it's hard to get excited. It's like, all right, they kick off and then it's like, Oh wait, it's Matt Schaub versus Kevin Hogan. It's probably not going <laughs> right? to be. Yeah. And that's to start. Wait till we get into the fourth quarter, but that's as good as it gets. Right. Yeah. yeah. Rookie quarterback Drew Locke, though, um, he struggled a little bit. And, you know, not surprising for your first NFL action for what was, you know, thought to be sort of a raw, strong-armed quarterback that might be a bit of a project. You know, and Kevin Hogan, who was working with the the first unit, uh, has the inside track there to be the backup quarterback in Denver. And not a player you probably want taking snaps in the regular season. Love Kevin Hogan, but I was actually surprised he even was able to carve out a career in the league because I just don't think physically and talent-wise he's there. He's a good locker room guy and tough, and I'm sure teams like having him around. But basically, if he's playing quarterback for you, things aren't going well for your football team. So, uh, but, But with how Locke struggled, I guess so if there was ever a doubt... It's Joe Flacco's starting job, and it's about as secure as they come for the entirety probably of the 2019 season unless things go really bad in Denver. 
Probably. I mean, Locke deserves a little more benefit of the doubt than that, I think. I mean, I'm with you on Hogan. I mean, hopefully Locke improves. By all accounts, he really did struggle. There's tools there. I commended Denver for taking him in the second round. I would have killed him if they took him in the first, but they made that trade down with the Steelers, picked up an extra pick, and it's worth taking a risk on somebody like Locke. I'm not a fan. I don't think he's going to be uh, the answer ever, but uh, never know. There are There is ability there. But the reality is, I mean, I guess you want Locke. If it gets to opening day and Locke can at least be the number two, if he can beat out Hogan for being active on game day, that would be a success at this stage of the season. Says a lot that he can't already, but he is new. And here's what I see, though, from Denver. And – uh, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I think Fangio, a defensive-minded, old-school, tough coach, is going to quickly realize they don't really have a quarterback, period. I mean, I think Flacco's done. I think they're really going to regret that. I don't really trust El- Elway to evaluate these guys. I think he's going to look at M- Mike Munchak and say, hey, we gave you some new linemen. You got Royce Freeman, you got Lindsey. We're going to run the ball like crazy, and I am going to coach the heck out of Vaughn Miller and Chubb, and we're going to try to win games 13-9. Yeah, and we'll see how Drew Locke develops, but it was already not a good sign when earlier in the offseason, uh, you mentioned Vic Fangio. He said that Locke was nowhere near where he needed to be as a signal caller yeah, coming out of Missouri. So, you know, we already knew he was raw, but so right now it looks like a cannon armed, more of a project, maybe late in the season. If you're losing a bunch of games, it's like, why not? Let's see what we got before the next year's draft. And because, you know, and here's the thing about a second round quarterback is that it doesn't really even affect your next year. So they might still draft a quarterback in the first round if that's, you know, mm-hmm. if, the, if the right guy is there. So Drew Locke is really has to show something this year. And if he's that far off, then, he might have a guy in front of him already by this time next year when he might start to have things slow down for him. Yeah, agreed. I mean, you're, you're far from guaranteed anything. You see first-round picks, they get a lot of um, benefits of the doubt, even if they don't play their rookie year. Second-round picks, it doesn't quite work that way, especially if you're not impressing in practice and camp and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, it could be a rough year for Denver. I, I think Flacco is a very poor starter. Oof, yeah, that's that's not a good outlook then <laughs> right. because, uh, as I mentioned before, I think it might be Flacco or Bust this year for Denver. And uh, if, uh, if he's as bad as you think he's going to be this year, that's, that's not a great look. But uh, they still have some time to figure it out, and they have 16 games to prove you wrong, basically, on that front. Yeah, uh, right. One more quick note I want to get to before we get to that NFL pick 10 is New England Patriots. It's being reported there out of New England, and I think it has been confirmed from league sources that wide receiver Josh Gordon has filed again for reinstatement. Twenty-one or 28 years old, he played 11 games last year with New England, and then he was suspended again in December indefinitely. I don't know, you know, that really is ambiguous, but NFL drug policy violations again. He had 40 catches for 720 yards, three touchdowns, not bad for all the time he's missed in his career and has been working out with Tom Brady this offseason. But I really don't know what to expect out of the league. I think once Josh Gordon is reinstated, if he is, then maybe there's something to talk about. But I just don't know anything. It's such a a veil of secrecy with the league about this stuff. I have no idea what to think. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because it's certainly topical, certainly newsworthy. But like you said, what's the NFL going to do? I mean, I thought Tyreek Hill was going to get suspended. I couldn't believe John Reed got suspended for six games. You know, like it, it's mm-hmm. so 
random, it seems. And, of course, they know a lot more than us. But I do hope guys like him, Martavis Bryant, people along those lines that weren't doing, you know, terrible crimes to women or, you know, stealing, you know, things like that, or just mm-hmm. have yeah. problems with substances. I, I always want them to get a second, third chance, especially when it comes to marijuana, because I always say my 12-year-old son, when he's, you know, 20 or so and watching football and certainly into football and a real fan, or he wants to get into the game like old, like his old man, he's going to laugh at, man, people are getting suspended for smoking a joint, you know, like <laughs> what hard, what harm is it really doing? And for a football perspective, the, the Pats could really use him. I mean, I'm not sure that he's the phenom he was a few years ago, whenever he was just tearing up the league. But he's still big and physical and fast and can get downfield, and they don't have a guy like that. Right, yeah. And I always wonder, is it for a situation like, and you mentioned he's not committing crimes outside of the game and, and doing horrible things, and you know, addiction is, is a crazy it's a crazy disease. And so you don't know mm-hmm. really how far down that path he is and if he's out of it, if he's if he's doing well. But it, it would seem like and maybe I'm completely off, but it would seem like the regimen of an NFL season would be maybe beneficial being around a support system rather than yeah. being like, nope, you got to go. You're out there on your own. So it almost might be better for the NFL to let people like this have that support system and try to help them while being in the league rather than kick them out. Yeah, that's a really good point. And again, maybe my son will laugh at that, too. Like these guys had problems and you just told them, go home and try not to do drugs <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. like as opposed to helping your employees or you know, the league certainly has the money to do those sort of things. You kick them out of the building as opposed to embracing them and giving them a hand. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I kind of just feel like this whole topic we're in the infant style infantile stages of it. And we don't know enough about it. The league isn't doing enough about it. And someday we'll look back at it and be like, man, the, the, this era was the stone ages for that. All right, we've got to pick our 10 building blocks for our fictitious NFL franchises. That coming up next. Dudes, remember those days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. I've told you about them many times. If you haven't tried it, you're out of your mind. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Guys, I never understood the pill thing. I mean, hey, you're going to make an appointment for an hour from now? I mean, Blue Chew works so much better. Um... Now, this isn't just for guys that can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra functionality to enhance their performance in the bedroom. That's all of you. Um, Blue Chew is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, zero awkwardness. Made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships direct. They're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, they have a fantastic deal for all of you listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment totally free when you use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL. All you're paying is $5 shipping, and you're getting way more than $5 worth of product. And the promo code is LOCKEDON. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them a great deal for sponsoring the podcast. 
So here are the rules. NFL Pick 10, it was an article run on ESPN, and we'll go over who all of, uh, what, 55 analysts at ESPN voted for. And we're going to go through our own teams and what 10 players we would pick. And here's the, the caveat with this thing. So you build a team with any 10 players to start, and you get them for over the next three years. So this is, you know, it's looking ahead a little bit, but it's a short-term thing of three years, and you're trying to win within those three years, but every other player on your roster is replacement level. So those are so the rules. average starters are a little worse, you know right. what I mean? Yes, yeah, like you, you might get some some below average. Um, and, I mean, I guess replacement level is, is probably below average because you're average NFL mm-hmm. starter, so it's more like your average NFL backup, basically, is the replacement level guy. It's someone that you could probably find off the street um, or a backup on another roster that could be just as good as the players you're throwing in there. So you get that on your roster with any 10 players. So... Uh, you want to just go through position wise on this and what our thinking was with it? Yeah. How about, how about I lead this, but I I wanted to mention a couple things that I thought about when I did it was I I considered age a great deal. Um, Three years doesn't sound like much, but it's an eternity in some ways, you know, I mean um, guys don't last that long in this league. So age was very important to me. Talent, to some degree, I mean, I, I didn't exactly build a defense schematically or, what you know, we're going to be a West Coast offense right. or anything like that. But I, I did favor some positions with how I wanted to create pressure or did I want to be a heavy coverage team. So I thought about it from that perspective. But I didn't think – and I don't think ESPN wanted us to. I didn't put salary cap constraints in this at all. Like, we couldn't sign these 10 dudes because they're going to be really expensive. But I, I don't care what they're making or the salary cap ramifications. And, you know, on that point, how much can change? So we're going off of, you know, and a lot of the players we picked had very good years last year in 2018. And so if we went back and did this following the 2015 season prior to the 2016 season and picked players, almost none of the guys we picked would be the the ones that are still in it now that we'd be picking from after the 20. That's how much things change. The rushing leader after the 2015 season, that was Adrian Peterson. No way either one of us is going to be picking Adrian Peterson, right? right uh, Julio right. Jones, still a stud. He was the leader, uh, leading receiver in the NFL, 1,871 yards in 2015. Cam Newton was the MVP. Todd Gurley, Marcus Peters, uh, J.J. Watt. Some of those guys are still good. Some of those guys are immensely talented, but zero of them are going to show up on our list. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. Things change quickly. So I'm going to – I don't know your list. I sent you mine. Um I assume you're going to take a quarterback. Did you pick a quarterback? I picked a quarterback. And actually, let me start with this. Okay. If you're building a team with how important a quarterback is, it's almost worth picking two quarterbacks. Like, that's how wow, important the position choice. is. Right. Yeah. And I, I didn't. But I was thinking, it's like, okay, I'm going to throw a wrench in it. I'm going to pick two quarterbacks just because that's how important that position is. You need to cover injuries. You need to have that position right. Maybe if you have a young player like Patrick Mahomes is the guy you pick and you're worried maybe um, outside of Andy Reid and maybe with, you know, the defense the second time through the league, defenses figure him out a little bit and you pick a more veteran player like Rodgers to go with him and then you know you're covered at quarterback. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. I didn't even give that any consideration, but maybe you'd say, give me Mahomes and Brady, and Brady can be his mentor. And, you know, I mean, like, you'd be pretty good at that spot for sure. I did take Mahomes. I assume most people took Mahomes. And if this was, you get this player for eternity, not just three years, you get them for the rest of their careers. This is your team you're building. I think he's pretty much the easy choice. Um, 
next on my list would have been Wentz or Luck from that perspective. Mm -hmm. But I also think if you really look at the criteria and say, I only have this player for three years, you could make a pretty good argument for Aaron Rodgers, too. Because as great as Mahomes was, it was only one year. And Mahomes was the leading vote-getter of all players, and he was the number one quarterback uh, voted on by the ESPN analysts that were involved in this uh, this article. And yeah, with, with Aaron Rodgers, I thought about him, and I wanted to have my picks be a little bit different than yours, Matt. And, and I was thinking, okay, well, okay. Aaron Rodgers is, you know, he's a pretty obvious pick here. But then I was looking, well, he, he'll turn 39 at the end of that 2022 season after three years. So he is starting to get up there in age, but we're seeing 39-year-old quarterbacks play at a crazy high level right now in the NFL. So that might not matter at all. And so I did want to pick a different player. So I picked more of a veteran quarterback, and I went with Andrew Luck, who's 29 years old right now. He'll be playing through his prime over the next three years. And uh, and I'm with you. I think the guys we mentioned would be the only logical choices. And of course, Patrick Mahomes is is probably the wisest choice with what we saw from him. He was basically peak Favre in his first NFL season as a starter, which is crazy. Yeah, I think Luck is an utter, utter superstar, though. And I'm leaning towards taking the Colts to win the Super Bowl. I'm a massive you know proponent of Luck. I have no qualms with that. And I, I might rather have Luck. I mean, for three years... He's more refined. That's not a knock on Mahomes, but Luck is a a superb, superb player and is in contention for being the best quarterback in the league. Right, and the fact that you know he's going to be able to jump into any offense and play well, and you wouldn't necessarily get Andy Reid to go along with Patrick Mahomes. Yes. One note, though, I did take into consideration injury history. I mean, uh, all these guys could get hurt, but if somebody gets hurt a lot or they have a chronic situation, Gurley, for example, you know, like – I'm going to shy away from that a little bit and at least take it into account. And if it wasn't for Gurley's injury history, he might be the most popular running back uh, on a lot of these lists. But uh, there's another running back that you chose that was also probably the most popular pick at running back in this conversation, and that was Saquon Barkley. Saquon, yeah. And my where I was torn was, do I... Do I, do I draft a running back at all? You know, should I just add another guard and just put a replacement level running back in there and they'll do well? Should I just flood the you know flood my offense with receiving weapons and just find anyone to be a, a running back? But I think I've told you this, that to me, coming out of Penn State, Barkley was the best prospect I've ever seen at the running back position basically in 20 years. And he's so good in the passing game that he's much more than – just a running back. And I think he's just a supreme talent. And I, you know, like you could think about Kamara or McCaffrey or Zeke or one of those guys too. But um, if I was going to take a running back, it was more just, I'm so smitten with this guy that he's going to help me in a lot of ways. And I did not take a uh, I did not take a running back, but if mm. I was, I think because of what you just mentioned in the passing game, Saquon's the only choice that I would have taken. And we talked about this last week, how Saquon Barkley at number two overall, you think ah, running back, running back value. You don't take a running back that high in the draft. But then you think, well, he was probably also the best wide receiver in the draft that year. And so when you look (laughs) at it through that lens, he's going to help you immensely no matter what kind of offense you're running. And as a receiver, he could run the entire route tree and be just purely a wide receiver if you wanted him to. But yeah, Saquon Barley's a freak, a special, special player. I didn't take a running back, but that would be the guy. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Uh, at receiver, I took his former teammate, Odell Beckham, and it factored in that, hey, this guy's a bit of a personality and things are going wrong. Do I want him in my clubhouse? 
But I wrote an article right around like week eight, week nine last year saying watching all 22 tape, I thought Odell was the best receiver in the league last year and was so frustrated with Eli's inability to get him the ball. Eli does have an injury or Odell does have an injury history, but I think he's in his prime and is just a monster talent that's going to have a huge year with a better quarterback. Talent-wise, no doubt, and uh, for me, it was the consistency. Why I went away from Odell Beckham just because of the injury history and you know maybe the personality conflict, which isn't a huge deal really to me. Um, and then Julio Jones, you know, as, as much of a beast as he is, a little bit older, injury mm-hmm. history as well. So I went with the most consistent guy, and that was DeAndre Hopkins. I, I considered him too. I mean, I, I don't see him. He's one of those guys I think will decline slowly too because he's not reliant on great quickness or speed or size. I mean, he's always covered, and he still comes down with the ball, and he probably will for years to come. Maybe a little bit of uh, Larry. Maybe like Larry, Larry yeah. yeah. Maybe. I mean, certainly a very contested catch guy, a technician, tough route runner, physical player. Sure. And you know what else I was surprised about at wide receiver is I was. it was even – it was more difficult finding – I mean, there's there's obviously a few wide receivers that stand out above the rest around the league, but it's not like it used to be as far as there wasn't a, you know, there's not a Jerry Rice or a, or a Randy Moss out there where it's like, this is the guy. I mean, just the talent at wide receiver throughout the league is crazy good. So the rest of your wide receiver unit would probably be pretty good as well to go with the guy that you pick as your number one. So that's why I only went with one wide receiver as well. And I spent a lot of my uh, picks here on the offensive line. Oh, Nice. I did not take a tight end, but if I had 11 picks instead of 10, I would have taken Kelsey. So I'm without a tight end, but I considered it. The reason I would pick Kelsey or George Kittle over Zach Ertz is just because their ability to block as well. So they give you the passing game stuff, and both those guys can block you. I would, If I was to take a tight end, it would probably be Kittle. Maybe mm-hmm. it's my bias living in San Francisco, but I did not take a tight end either. I also think both those guys are much better after the catch than Ertz and are better athletes. Yes, I totally agree. Offensive line looks similar, me and you, and I think there's some pretty obvious choices there. If you're going to take a guard, Quentin Nilsson's kind of the guy, right? Yeah, but I did consider Zach Martin. I mean, if this was from now until eternity, I think Nelson becomes an easier choice. But I think Martin's the best guard in the league in his prime. But I have very little reservations that Nelson's going to be really good and be even better next year. So that was a tough decision for me, actually. But I went with Nelson. I also took one other lineman. I'm curious who your linemen were. So I took two more linemen, and I took bookends at tackle. They're both left tackles in the NFL, but one of them's going to have to play right tackle for me. I took David Bakhtiari, and I took Tyron Smith. And you also took Nelson? Yes, three offensive linemen. So this was me saying, okay, look, I think of all the positions in the NFL, running back is the one that you would have the best production from with a replacement level player. So let's protect the quarterback. Let's make sure the running game is still good. You've got your number one wide receiver and probably some decent options throughout your passing game. Let's stack the offensive line and go win some football games. I love the approach. I love the philosophy. In a perfect world, I probably would have done the same. I just think that there weren't standout offensive linemen like other positions. You know, like I think the league's a little light on stud linemen right now. Like if it was Walter Jones and Hutchinson, I'd be like, sign me up. You know what (laughs) I mean? But I just don't know. Tyron Smith's had some injury stuff. Bakhtiari's a really good protector, but I don't know that they're Hall of Famers. I don't know that they're Jonathan Ogden. 
But I did go with Bakhtiari and Nelson as my two offensive linemen, which gives me five guys on offense, Mahomes, Barkley, Odell, Bakhtiari, and Nelson. Yeah, so we each went five offense. I had an extra offensive lineman instead of a running back. Let's take a quick break, and we'll talk about the defensive side of the ball. If you did your math correctly, we each have five picks on that side. All right, so I guess let's start up front with the defensive line, and the most common selection aside from Patrick Mahomes was a defensive tackle, and usually defensive tackle isn't the most sought-after position in the league as far as value. It's down the list a little bit, but one player has just been so phenomenal throughout his NFL career in Aaron Donald. He got 53 of 55 votes in this thing from the 55 people polled at ESPN. Yeah, I think that's a very easy selection. He's still reasonably young. I think he's the best football player on the planet right now. But I doubled down because I wanted interior pressure to be the foundation of my defense. And I took Donald and Fletcher Cox. And I think if you think about that for a minute and go, boy, how would I scheme around getting Fletcher Cox and Aaron Donald blocked every play against run or pass? That's a nightmare. I just think that was as, even as fast as the ball comes out, interior pressure and interior fear coming at a Brady or a guy that doesn't move all that well, that would be a nightmare to deal with every day. And I like where you went with that and doubling down sort of like or tripling down like I did on the offensive line. You doubled down on the interior. And I did the exact opposite when it came to my defensive line here. I took two defensive linemen, and I'm one of the few people on the planet that did not take Aaron Donald I went with Khalil Mack and Miles Garrett, and for me, it was positional scarcity. I think my replacement-level defensive tackles would do enough in the run game to allow my stud ends in Mack and Garrett to wreak havoc and then still allow me to have a better football team, even though I completely get why. And Fletcher Cox, and look, and that's why the replacement level would probably be so good at defensive tackle because there's just so many great defensive linemen around the league. You don't even get... Guys like DeForest Buckner, um, you know, Akeem Hicks in the conversation about the Rich best Jones. Yeah, I mean, there's with, tons of how right. good they are. But Aaron Donald's just on another level because that guy's just such a freak. Yeah, I like it. And I don't have any qualms with it. My hunch is deep down, if you had a gun to your head, you might have taken Donald. You might have just done a little zig the zag here. Um, but I took Mac as my third guy on defense. But it's funny because it was a coin flip for me between Mac and Garrett, and as where you'd think it'd be a coin flip between Mac and Von Miller, and that's not a knock at all on Miller. He's just a little older, and I think Garrett is a total superstar. And if we did this a year from now, it wouldn't shock me if he got close to like the Donald votes. Like he's a no-brainer. He's on every team type of guy. He's that good. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I think the best is still to come, and Miles Garrett will get there just because of how freaky he is. And with Khalil Mack, it was so obvious seeing how much the franchises changed that he left. First of all, in the Raiders, and and then what happened to Chicago once he arrived and how much of a difference maker he is. He might be my number one draft pick if we were redrafting all of these players because of how much of an impact he made. Yeah, right. I mean, he's phenomenal. I'm really excited to see what he does. I mean, it's hard to move, change teams in the middle of the year. I'm I'm excited to see what he does with a full offseason. There's a new coordinator. He may even be better this upcoming year in Chicago. Um, How about pure second level guys? I did not take a linebacker. If it was three or four years ago, I would have considered Bobby Wagner. I probably would have taken Keekly. I love a lot of the young linebackers in the league, but there wasn't one that just clearly stood out for me, so I skipped it. 
I did take one. And by the way, and he's listed as an outside linebacker here. You mentioned Von Miller on that ESPN list. He was the, he squeezed in there as the 10th guy here, getting 16 of 55 votes. So Von Miller did get voted in uh, despite his advanced age. And he's still playing at a high level. I just worry three years from now versus Garrett versus Khalil Mack. I would just take those guys. And it's pretty yeah. easy for me, as good as Von Miller is. But I did take a linebacker and... When you when I started thinking about this, okay, I've just built a team with zero or with replacement level defensive tackles. I need to be strong up the middle. And we had talked last week about the new contract that Bobby Wagner signed, and I called him the best linebacker in the NFL. And you reminded me, yeah, well, right there with Keekley because Keekley's still around too. And I was thinking, yeah, you're right, Keekley's still around. And for some reason in my head. I thought Keekley was older, and I, I was kind of shocked to see that actually Keekley's a year younger, 28 years old, than Wagner, who's 29. So I actually hmm. picked Luke Keekley. I have no problem with that at all either. I mean, I, I think in the all-time linebacker list, you know, Ray Lewis, Butkus, you know, all the Hall of Famers, I and mean, there's been Singletary, Lambert, there's so many great high-profile inside, you know, true linebackers. I think when it's all said and done, the smart, smart football analyst will say, Keekley's as good as all of them. I, I really think he's that good. I think he's Ray Lewis good. A little bit of a concussion injury history and a little older than some of these guys, but you talk about a dude that's going to make everyone around him better. He's going to have two replacement level dudes and, you know, on either side of him, but he'll tell them where the ball's going. He'll have a massive influence on your team. So what did you do on the back end then, Matt? There's a lot of young athletic and I had to take a dynamic safety and I had to get a cover guy with the way the league's going. Cause I know that you'd be facing a lot of, uh, a lot of people chucking the ball on you. So who'd you have in the secondary? Yeah, I added two Florida State dudes, you know, thinking they could kind of be buddies. And I want Ram- Jalen Ramsey to follow number one receivers all day. And my other corner is going to get a lot of help. And I'm thinking with Mac, Cox, and Donald, I don't have to blitz very often. So I can flood the middle of the field with replacement level guys and help my second corner. And I think Ramsey's the most talented corner in the league, size, all the above, attitude. Um, a little frustrated now in Jacksonville and, you know, you're adding a big personality, but I think he's a special talent, but the corners select, I mean, the, the corners to pick from, there wasn't the Revis of five years ago or Peterson in his prime. There wasn't one that just blew all the others away. And you probably figured it out. My other Florida state guy is Derwin James. So he split the difference to me of not taking a linebacker. Uh, he's going to be in the middle of the field in some capacity, playing man coverage against tight ends, doing something in the middle of the field, depending on, you know, who we're playing. And I took Jalen Ramsey as well to be my number one cornerback. And with my safety, kind of along the lines as I was talking with before, I wanted to be stout up the middle uh, if I wasn't going to be strong at defensive tackle. And I went with another young, dynamic, strong safety in Jamal Adams. And nice. the reason I went with Jamal Adams, first of all, you know, he's he's. I think Derwin James had more flash plays as a rookie, but Jamal Adams is so good. And I think his impact as a locker room guy uh, he's the heart and soul of the Jets team and he was basically the day he showed up and it's amazing and I love the the instincts he has and don't forget he still ran a 4.38 at his pro day at LSU might have been a, a, someone with a quick trigger finger on that clock but he is fast he could play free safety if you wanted to he could cover guys out of the backfield Jamal Adams uh, is a monster I love his game so much and he was my last player he's awesome uh, he's I don't think people understand how great he is already, what his career path is starting out as. I mean, he is shot out of a cannon, leader, tough, 
versatile, fits today's NFL extremely well. Um, we just saw Ed Reed over the weekend go in the Hall of Fame. I think next year, Troy Polamalu will. And I've said a few times, I think James and Adams will be this generation's Troy and Ed. Absolutely. I agree 100%. And we'd love to hear your list. Hit us up on Twitter, at BD Peacock. You can find Matt at Williamson NFL. Let's hear your list. What did you like? What did you not like about our list? And, of course, we're going to have a Twitter Tuesday tomorrow. So get your questions in there. Talk to you then right here on Locked on NFL.